Big Little Lies is an HBO TV show based on the novel of the same name. The TV series features a star-studded cast of five women from Monterey, California, who become embroiled in a murder investigation. Their stories begin at the beginning of the school year, as each of the women drop their children off at school. We begin to see that they are connected in complicated and mostly toxic ways. They tear each other down for being working moms or stay-at-home moms. They push their kids to be better than everyone else and carry around a lot of baggage from bad relationships, abuse, and feelings of inadequacy. As I began to watch the show, I was drawn in by the fast-paced dialogue and intriguing hints at the murder investigation. However, I was put off by the behavior and attitudes of these women, which were initially destructive. Quickly though, these women were drawn into scenarios that required them to either crash and burn as selfish and isolated individuals, or to reflect on and adjust their attitudes. Madeline is forced by her teen daughter to confront her own inadequacies. She admits to her husband that she had an extramarital affair and has deep, deep-seated feelings of inadequacy. The ethereal beauty and fiery lawyer, Celeste, appears to have a perfect life. Health, wealth, twins, and bonus, she's married to Tarzan. Yep, the studly Alexander Skarsgård. But her internal truth was a stark contrast to the facade. Celeste was viciously abused by her husband, and her sons were picking up on his behavior and reenacting it at school. Jane, a young single mom, works hard to put food on the table and keep her son happy, but she also hides the secret that her sweet little boy is the child of rape, and Renata struggles to protect her little girl from the unknown and violent class bully, while other mothers shut her out and judge her working mom lifestyle. Meanwhile, Bonnie attempts unsuccessfully to co-parent with Madeline, her husband's ex. Bonnie also tries to avoid the toxic gossip and environment which Madeline creates, but as the only upper-class black woman in the area, Bonnie is constantly judged, objectified, and gossiped about by others, highlighting one of the subtle forms of racism that is still very much prevalent in our society today. This entangled story gets more complex and more beautiful each episode as these five women learn to work together and to better understand and empathize with each other's situations. They work on themselves through therapy, honesty, and humility. These five women build strong bonds of friendship through empathy, love, forgiveness, and solidarity in the face of patriarchal abuse, which all of them experience in one form or another. I cannot recommend Big Little Lies, available on HBO strongly enough. This is a mature show for a mature and grown-up audience. It beautifully but painfully highlights the incredible strength these women show as they grow and take control of their individual problems and as they show support and love to each other. It is a testament to the importance of love, forgiveness, and solidarity. On top of the important themes in the show, it's also an intriguing, noir-inspired murder mystery. In each episode, we get closer to learning about the mysterious death that involved these five Monterey women. Are they victims, witnesses, or murderers? Hello witches, I'm Hannah, the bipolar bisexual host of this bi-weekly podcast of witches and women. 
In this podcast, we explore the lives of powerful women, both real and mythological, to better understand their lives and impact. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Google Play, and follow Of Witches and Women on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Of course, many of you have already subscribed, and thanks to your support and the way that you are sharing this podcast with your friends, I get to announce that after only four episodes, we already have a thousand downloads. So thank you listeners so much. Please help this podcast continue to grow and improve by continuing to listen and share. Of course, also be sure to check out our website, ofwitchesandwomen.com, where we have lots of salty merchandise in the shop, and the Grimoire Gallery, our internet gallery dedicated to art about women and the occult. Right now, the gallery is bursting with vibrant Greek myth interpretations. All the art in the Grimoire Gallery is created by current working artists, and you can link directly to their sites from the gallery. Plus, you can buy some of their beautiful prints in our shop, starting at just $15. Episode show notes are also available on the website in the Lamia Library. If I had to choose any favorite feature of the website, I think it would be the Oracle. The bi-weekly Oracle newsletter launches in honor of the winter solstice, and I will feature exclusive mini-biographies we won't get a cover on the show, simple spells and charms to better your day, and so much more. Plus, the first newsletter will include an exclusive downloadable gift that you won't be able to get anywhere else. So visit ofwitchesandwomen.com today and be sure to subscribe to the Oracle at the bottom of any page. Today's episode is brought to you by Honestly Essential Oils. Unlike the Essential Oil Barons, Honestly Essential Oils is a small family-run company with fewer employees than I have fingers and no soccer moms pushing their product. Because Honestly Essential Oils doesn't have a long line of people to pay before the oils ever reach you, their oils are less expensive than other companies. Plus, Honestly Essential Oils are sourced and tested to ensure high concentration of top quality oils in each bottle. You can try out Honestly Essential Oils for yourself and get 10% off your first order when you use the promo code WITCHES at checkout. So go to honestlyessential.com today and use the promo code WITCHES at checkout for 10% off. One of the basic tenets of Greek mythology is Zeus's famously wandering eyes, hands, and, well, Zeus was on top of the world, literally, and he knew that. As a young god, he wooed his nanny, the titaness Metis, and she became his very first wife. But as Zeus grew more powerful, his thirst for domination and women increased as well. Zeus later pursued Asteria, a married titaness and goddess of stars and dreams. Asteria threw herself off of Olympus to escape Zeus, and when she fell into the sea, she became the Isle of Delos. Zeus then turned to her sister Leto. Leto, goddess of modesty and motherhood, was not very strong or powerful and was unable to escape Zeus's attack. According to some accounts, Zeus and Leto married. In others, Leto shunned Zeus's advances, but that didn't matter. 
In classic, egotistical fashion, Zeus was unperturbed by Leto's dislike and raped her, which is when she first became pregnant with twins. After the conception, Zeus and Hera married, solidifying their partnership as rulers of the gods and king and queen on Olympus. Even before Hera and Zeus married, Hera was crowned queen of heaven. The oldest daughter of Kronos and Rhea was powerful, beautiful, smart, and understandably paranoid from spending most of her life trapped in her own father's stomach. No doubt due to her traumatic childhood and Zeus's complete lack of fidelity, Hera, the goddess of marriage, became bitter and jealous as her own marriage was merely a consolidation of power from the very beginning. Her bitterness turned to vengeance and she began putting her mind to work against the women that she viewed as attacking her marriage. Hera's first and most dramatic attack on her husband's other lovers was against Leto. Unable to attack her powerful king and consort, Hera sent the monster Python to chase Leto to the ends of the earth and prevent her from giving birth to Zeus's illegitimate children. Leto wandered the three realms, heaven, earth, and sea, seeking refuge, but she was turned away from every village and city because the people feared the Queen of Heaven's wrath. Finally, Leto stumbled upon the Isle of Delos, and the island, her sister, hid and protected her from Python as she rested and labored. Leto gave birth to twins. Artemis, goddess of the hunt, came first. Days later, Apollo, the sun god, was born. The twins grew and developed rapidly. Leto, goddess of motherhood, raised Artemis and Apollo for a short time on her sister's shores, but soon Hera's wrath descended again. Hera sent the giant Tityus to attack Leto, but Artemis and Apollo quickly and easily killed the giant. Leto gathered her children and left the island. She traveled to Lycia, where the townspeople tried to banish her and forbade her from drinking from their spring. When she forced them away to allow her children to drink, the townspeople jumped into the spring, muddying the water with their feet. Leto and her small children were desolate, starving, dehydrated, and completely alone and abandoned in the world. Abandoned by Zeus, the one person who could offer them permanent protection from Hera, and shunned by humanity. Frustrated and desperate, Leto cursed the spring to fill with frogs and mud, ruining the town's water source. As Artemis and Apollo grew, they became as strong and powerful as their aunts, uncles, and cousins. Leto returned to Zeus's favor when her children were revealed to be the level-headed, powerful fighters who controlled the movements of the sun and moon. Artemis and Apollo were invited to join the Council of the Gods, and Hera stopped attacking Leto, who was now protected by her fierce warrior children and added to Zeus's protected harem of concubines. Hera and Leto faced off again during the Trojan War. Hera, furious at Aphrodite for bribing Troy's prince, Paris, into choosing Aphrodite over her as the most beautiful of the goddesses, fought viciously on the side of the Spartans. Leto, Artemis, and Apollo sided with the Trojans, and the battle raged for years. After failing to exact eternal vengeance on Leto, Hera desperately tried to fulfill her calling as an example and deity of her marriage. Her misplaced anger against Zeus's lovers and victims continued, but she also tried to pull him into a relationship in a more constructive way. 
Hera and Zeus conceived Ares, god of war, Angelos, a minor goddess of the underworld, Eleutheria, goddess of childbirth, Enyo, a minor war goddess, Iris, goddess of discord, and Hebe, goddess of youth. It's interesting that so many of Zeus and Hera's children are imbued with the powers of war and violence. As the ancient Greeks created these stories, perhaps they subconsciously assigned these powers fueled by aggression and anger to the children born in such a dysfunctional family setting. After Zeus conceived Athena with his former wife Metis, Hera appeared to give up on a functional and loving relationship and attempted to do what her grandmother, Gaia, had done and create life on her own. Hera created Hephaestus, meant to prove to herself and to Zeus that she didn't need him in order to have a family. However, Hera was horrified by the surface-level ugliness of her creation and threw Hephaestus off Olympus. He was only welcomed back when he proved his usefulness as the greatest craftsman and blacksmith the world had ever known. Perhaps Hera's worst attack on one of Zeus's victims is Alchemy mother of Hercules. Alcimony is described as very tall and wise. She is the granddaughter of Perseus, one of the greatest Greek heroes. Zeus disguised himself as Alcimony's husband and manipulated her into sleeping with him. Nine months later, Zeus proudly proclaimed the pending birth of his illegitimate child on Olympus, and Hera, goddess of family and mother to the goddess of childbirth, immediately stopped Alcimene's labor from progressing. Alcimene prayed to Ilethia, begging for release, but Hera's daughter was loyal to her mother, preventing Alcimene from giving birth. After a week, Alcimene's midwife, Galianthius, was able to trick the goddesses into believing Alcimene had died in childbirth, and they lifted their spells long enough for Hercules to be born. Hera, realizing Galanthius' deceit, was concocting an awful punishment for the midwife when Hecate, a true advocate for women, stepped in and rescued the midwife. Alcimene raised Hercules, whose name means glory of Hera, in exile, careful to raise her son to be respectful of the goddess and knowing that he would be attacked early and often no matter what amends she tried to make. Finally, after many monsters failed to kill Hercules, Hera made him insane, and in his insanity he slaughtered his mother and the rest of his family. Hercules retaliated by shooting Hera with an enchanted arrow, and the wound never healed, leaving her in constant pain, an ever-present reminder of her failure as the goddess of marriage. When Hercules became immortal, he and Hera appeared to call a truce, and Hercules married Hebe, Hera's daughter. There are countless other stories of Hera lashing out against the women Zeus impregnates. It's easy to judge Hera as bitter and cruel, but not enough people ask why. Why was Hera driven to paranoia and vengeance when she was so benevolent and caring towards other human women, presiding over their weddings and birth and protecting them from abusive husbands? What pain did she endure at the hands of her husband to cause reactions such as these?
Today's episode is brought to you by Honestly Essential Oils. Unlike the essential oil barons, Honestly Essential Oils is a small family-run company with fewer employees than I have fingers and no string of soccer moms pushing their product. Because Honestly Essential Oils doesn't have to pay a long, long line of salespeople before the oils ever reach you, their oils are far less expensive than other companies. Plus, Honestly Essential Oils are sourced and tested to ensure a high concentration of top quality oils in every bottle. You can try out Honestly Essential Oils for yourself and get 10% off that first order when you use the promo code WITCHES at checkout. So, go to honestlyessential.com today and use the promo code WITCHES at checkout for 10% off. Based on ancient writings, some scholars speculate that Leto's name implies that she had the power of invisibility. Other scholars say that it simply refers to her demure nature and modesty. I find it both interesting and heartbreaking that Leto, a quiet, modest titan, one who was invisible either by magic or simply through attitude and dress, a titan with few powers and no ambitions against the gods, was singled out and targeted, first by the lusty Zeus, and then by the angry and betrayed Hera. Her story is evidence that for thousands of years, men have been able to take without consequences, and the women have been left to fight amongst the scraps themselves. This is one of society's biggest and most historically prevalent lies, forcing blame onto Zeus's victim rather than redirecting it where it belongs, squarely on Zeus's shoulders. But not every story has to end the way that Hera and Leto's story does. As the women of Big Little Lies show, we can choose to move beyond a simple-minded culture of blame and isolation. We can choose to identify our own Hera-like tendencies and to change them. We need to support each other as women in both our differences and our commonalities. We need to refocus our energy on safety and healing and love. When I was thinking about a charm for this episode, I wanted to look into protections against jealousy. What I discovered is the evil eye a symbol which dates all the way back to ancient Greece, is actually one of the most popular amulets used to protect the wearer from evil, jealous, and covetous thoughts. Plutarch explained that the eyes were the primary source of the deadly poison that was jealousy. We see what others have and we want it. The evil eye is a reminder of that human tendency and a talisman against it. While the evil eye originated in ancient Greece, it continued to have heavy prominence in Rome and is still utilized today in many cultures, including Jewish communities, Middle Eastern communities, Southern Italy, and South American communities. There are any number of Etsy stores that sell handmade evil eye amulets, beads, charms, or even Christmas tree ornaments that you can purchase to remind yourself of the destructive nature of jealousy and focus on rising above it. Thank you all for listening today and for sharing this podcast. 
It's thanks to all of you that after only four episodes, I, an amateur podcaster with so much left to learn, have already hit the thousand download mark. Help me to continue to grow and improve by sharing a magical review on Apple Podcasts or Google Play so others can find and enjoy the show as well. Please keep telling your friends about the pod and don't forget to check out the resources, artwork, and merch at ofwitchesandwomen.com. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe to The Oracle on any page of the website. That's a wrap on our episode today. Stay fierce, witches, and we'll catch you next time. Of Witches and Women is brought to you by SHH Media, LLC.